This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today we're really excited to have with us yet another Mike. I feel very left out. Mike Weber, he is the COO of Fight. He joins us from Akron, Ohio, to tell us all about what's going on. This is really at the nexus, Mike Weber, of how we're consuming sports, how we think about sports. Tell us exactly what Fight does, where it fits into this new ecosystem of media and sports. So Fight is... um celebrating its fifth anniversary in about two weeks. Uh, we launched uh, focusing on combat sports as the vertical that works on digital sports, and we offer a pay-per-view model. Uh, and it's doing quite well. It's uh, gone from zero to four million registered users in uh, five years. Um, and we've aired now some of the largest events ever. Uh, it's really the future. I think you guys are all very familiar with the core-cutting uh, uh, situation out there. Um, even since we've launched... Um, it's going up to almost 35% of U.S. TV households do not have cable or satellite. And as you guys know, with the big boxing and MMA and wrestling events, you know, they're always available on cable and satellite. Well, a lot of people don't have cable and satellite anymore. They still want to see the event. And so we've sort of filled that need now, and that's our niche that's working out. And fortunately for us, it's growing in many ways. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a great um ride so far and we have some big plans and we're now starting to uh, branch out beyond combat sports with motorsports and soccer and, and music. As a matter of fact, we're doing a gospel music event from, um, in honor of the inauguration today, uh, later today, which is not exactly related to combat sports, but we, we try to do a little bit of that. And as a matter of fact, we did a KISS concert, uh, KISS 2020 Goodbye on New Year's Eve. So uh, we're, we're branching out in other areas now too because uh, when it's all said and done, you mentioned I, I'm based in Akron, Ohio, but I think you guys all know the world today is it's a virtual world. Yeah. Um, our founders, our engineering, actually out of Bulgaria, we have staff in the U.K., have staff in Atlanta, New York, Las Vegas. So we're, we're pretty global, and it's, you know we didn't miss a step with the COVID when it came to uh, our working environment. You were in a situation like many other businesses out there when COVID mm-hmm. really started going in March. You went uh, from, hey, we're doing okay, to an old oh, lordy no moment. You you had it dropped to zero events last March, and you built it back up to nearly 100 in December. Uh, and that was through some of your partnerships. I think, what, the pandemic pivot was is one of the things involved? Well, yeah, we're sort of calling it the pandemic pivot. So, you know, the pandemic hit. Um, it was scary as heck just watching all the communication of all of our partners, events being canceled by the hour uh, when, you know, they're in mid-March. And, um, you know, like everybody else, we didn't really know what to expect. They go, oh, my gosh, is this going to be no events? And we did go for probably a good uh, six-week period with really no events. And so 
a couple things that we did right out there. We essentially took some stuff off the back burner. So we, we did something called Fight uh, uh, 24-7, so which is a free uh, linear uh, version of our platform. So I sure use the term is for people who uh, don't want to spend all the extra time in, in searching our platform for programming. We essentially give it to you, and you watch what's on. So that's one element we uh, added. We also add something called Fight Plus, which is essentially, as you guys probably know, the pay-per-view business, once an event happens, you really don't get that many more buys uh, in the 30 days after the event's over. So this is a way to essentially um, uh, uh, drive some additional revenue for $4.99 a month. You could watch older pay-per-view events, which were originally $30 or $40. Now mm-hmm. you can watch it on your subscription. But, you know, Nobson's live because there was nothing live. And um, and that seems to take off, and it's actually doing quite well now. And a lot of our partners are actually making some unexpected revenue off of it now, um, since you know the the shelf life of the pay per view events are pretty much over. Um, and then we've also started. That's when we started again another project we took off the back burner was uh, getting our, our our fingers into the motorsports world a little bit. Um, fortunately, in addition to combat sports, I actually have a motorsports background as well, and we took. Um, since we did like an all-star event, and if you guys are familiar with Ohio, uh, we did it in, from Youngstown, Ohio, where a steel mill used to be. So right in the middle of the city, mm-hmm. we were able to build a little uh, motocross track. Hmm. And we had top state names like Travis Pastrana, uh, who you know, transcends motorsports and uh, stunts and so forth as uh, you know, competing in it. And we had about, uh, I think we had about 10 top riders from a couple different eras. And essentially... We did something called match racing, where it's two bikes at a time on the track. So nobody's really getting hurt, but you still get to showcase these guys' riding skills. And it was very well received. And so we started building off that and done a few more motorsports events. And, of course, then people were starting to figure out how to do pro wrestling is one of the things that really never really stopped too much. Right. Because they were starting doing them from studios and stuff like that and weren't relying on the audiences. So we were able to keep programming going, and we just kept building from there and um, – and of course, thanks to Florida and Texas, there's more and more events coming from those city, uh, uh, those states, because of the the rules are a little more lax on attendance. You know, Mike, that leads me to my next question. This is another Mike up in Boston. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> every state has different protocols, different guidelines, uh, and I assume the same is uh, true for uh, different countries for which you uh, stage a broadcast as well. Tell me about some of those challenges. Yeah, it, it, well, it's been a yo-yo. It's going up and down. We, had, um, you know, UK for, is a good example. Some things were, you know, they closed down pretty tightly, but then they opened up. We started doing a few more events from them. Then all of a sudden, I think it was January third, they completely shut down everything. Uh, we had a a, um, a bare knuckle event uh, last weekend scheduled from the UK, and you know they were trying to make it happen up to the last moment. And then finally, the health department said, "No, you cannot do this." They're trying to do like a almost like a, 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 a outlaw event under the radar and uh, midnight in an undisclosed location is <laughs> the way they're trying to do it. And that just didn't work out for them because they, well, somebody, you know, somebody's got publicized and everybody's starting to figure, hey, these guys can't be doing that. So it's been a challenge uh, working with that. But on the other hand, uh, we have a big bare knuckle event called Knuckle Mania coming from um, Lakeland, Florida uh, on February 5th. Um, or coinciding with the Super Bowl weekend in Tampa, which you know, we all know in sports, the Super Bowl is going to be different than anything we've ever seen in the past. And I think you guys probably have worked around Super Bowls. You know what the uh, ancillary events are around that. Um, it's I really don't know how it's going to be this year. It's going to yeah. be quite different than anything we've seen before. 
So, um, yeah, it, it's been interesting. We learned what the rules are in every country. You know, we had done a lot of events with Spain, and now that's first shut down a little bit. A lot of people just tell us be patient, come back. And, um, you know, fortunately, we got some of our, our you know, January's been a little quiet. But typically, believe it or not, January is a quiet event for these type of events anyway. Yeah. So, um, but our February and March schedules are just exploding right now. So, Mike, when, when you think about kind of the, the landscape that's out there, you know, and, and I say this as someone who in, in 2020, amid all the tumult and turmoil, uh, my family actually did cut the cord. And I have to say, I'd feel sort of stupid for not doing it sooner because I feel like we have all the access we need to everything. And, and live sports and sports were the thing that kept holding us back in many ways. What happens next in this landscape in terms of, distribution deals changing the leagues changing like what what's the next big step here in terms of how we consume sports or maybe more to the point how sports and especially live sports are distributed well i mean for us we, we work on a pay-per-view model okay um and you may have heard rumors that pay-per-view is dead well it's, it's far for dead from, yeah. from our standpoint i also think you know people don't want too many subscriptions because you know you got you got Netflix, you got a Prime, you got a Hulu, and all of a sudden, why did I cut the cord? And my costs are more than at when I had cable. You know, right? So um, what we're trying to do is, you know, uh, we, we have small programming, niche pro, real niche program. Then we have the big events. We know we aired the Tyson Jones uh, fight from uh, November, and you know, uh, if people want to see it, they're going to pay to see the event. And uh, this way they got their choices and they can really, you know, make decisions on what events they want to see um, in, in boxing, uh, MMA and, and wrestling uh, for sure. Um, the hard thing in sports is, you know, is the NFL um, going to go to a, a pay-per-view uh, format? That will be a difficult sell for a long time. You know, those are very established sports, baseball and basketball and so forth. You know, combat sports, as you guys probably know, has a long history dating pre-pay-per-view even to uh, closed circuit was always right. uh, the way these type of events were always uh, viewed you know back in the day you know back in the 50s 60s and 70s and um, so it was always predestined that that's the way these type of combat sports worked as a way to view it so that's worked out very well for us um, we hope to keep continue expanding that area um, but we're also like uh, we're doing South American World Cup qualifiers so that's something that probably ESPN wouldn't be that interested in carrying, but we are. And yeah. it's a very niche, and there's a lot of South Americans who uh, live in the United States who are very interested in seeing us. And uh, we also have the ability for our partners to use our technology to make our programming available in sports bars, too. And as you guys may have experienced, you know, there's Peruvian sports bars, there's Colombian sports bars, you know. I didn't know this all existed before, but I'm learning. I mean, we just did a deal this week for Ecuadorian uh, soccer um, in about two, three weeks um, that will be available. And uh, we expect some um, strong um, viewership for those events uh, from that uh, community. Mike Lynch, I, I have to admire Jason because he just said, hey, I'm cutting the cord. Now, I'm that dude. That you know, hey, wait! You're always I, that. I, 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 I got to see my farm report, man. I can't, you know, just cut the cable. But I am falling way behind the times. I see. So I guess my question is, why am I a geezer when it comes to cable? 
Why why can't I just cut the cord and watch fight? And by the way, I want to make sure people know it's fight spelled F-I-T-E. So in case people are looking for it. So what why am I the geezer here? What why should I why am I afraid? That's a well, different I mean, podcast we're... bar. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole different podcast. Sorry, go on. Go on, Mike Weber. Well, you know, well, well, one thing with Fight is, you know, we really did start out just as a mobile app on iPhones and Android, okay? But we're really a television network now. Um, our programming is available through Roku, Apple, Amazon, which is probably the, the way most people watch their Netflix and Hulus and so forth. So we're pretty much shoulder to shoulder with a very mainstream program, ESPN+, Plus, Disney+. Plus, um, But we also now take another step where we're a native app. So when you take the TV out of the box, we're part of it, and that's on the Vizio TVs, Samsung, LG TVs, Philips, Hisense, pretty much you know, the major brands around the world. And so, you know, um, and then we got to add it little. We actually have a patent on this. And this is how the company actually started. Uh, with a bunch of engineers betting each other. You know what? I think I can make that video from my mobile phone go into that connected TV mm-hmm. using cloud technology. Okay, I, I don't, trust me, I'm not an engineer, so I, I won't get too deep on how it works because I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but it's a cool feature that you can actually cast from your mobile to your connected TV, and all you got to do is be on Wi-Fi, on the same Wi-Fi between the two. So we're really a television network, and so... It's, it's, it's a lot of it's also getting past the stigma of digital because there was failures of uh, delivering the program and the viewing experience. And fortunately, we're actually a technology company first out of Bulgaria. And the engineers have been together 10, 15, 20 years all working together and built this, I feel, best-in-class technology to view uh, digital programming from around the world. Mike, uh, I thought it was interesting that you've expanded into soccer, horse racing, concerts, mm-hmm. gospel music events. What, what's your most valuable uh, content property right now? Well, I mean, it goes without saying the Tyson fight um, that we did was unbelievable, you know, and there will be more fights like that. Um, uh, you know, Jake Paul uh, was on that, and for people who aren't familiar with Jake Paul, he's one of the top YouTubers. So uh, I think he's got over 20 million subscribers to his YouTube channel. Him and his brother, Logan Paul, which I'm proud to say are Ohio natives um, from Rocky River, Ohio. Um, we actually, before the Tyson fight, had done events with both Logan Paul and Jake Paul, and we've been amazed by their following. Um, so those type of events um, are here to stay. Um, I think they're, they've actually set new rules on how to uh, broadcast boxing, in my opinion. Um, and so boxing's had a real resurgence here. We like to think we're a part of that and been exciting um, about what we can do there. Um, but and so we're never going to veer away from what got us here, and that's combat sports, and that's the boxing and pro wrestling and MMA. Um, but frankly, anything beyond the traditional sports of the baseball and basketball and football, uh, we feel that there's a, a great opportunities for us uh, moving forward. And so, Mike, how does this sort of new, evolving uh pay-per-view landscape how does it grow consolidate going forward given this you know michael bard notwithstanding cord cutting <laughs> world that um that we are moving toward you know we have all these new content uh creators and in, in some ways 
who are and and I'm I'm intrigued by what you said earlier in the conversation about some of the non-sports stuff that that you guys are doing. Is that just a toe in the water? It does that portend different sorts of relationships going forward beyond sports? It, look around the corner for us. Well, a little bit is you know first you identify what's underserved, okay? And well, music's definitely underserved right now because. You know, Live Nation is telling people they're not going to do another concert to maybe this fall, you know, uh, in, right. in front of any audiences. So, uh, gosh, they probably took the biggest hit of them all in the live uh, venue uh, event business, okay? And they got to be looking for other ways. Um, they're a little stubborn uh, of going there, but we're starting to work with more and more uh, people in the music business who understand that they got to reinvent the wheel now. It's sort of like how they uh, ignored um, iTunes initially and thought, oh, well, let's we'll keep, you know, selling CDs and records. Well, you don't see too many CDs around anymore, you know. And so um, uh, it's sort of weird in music. I'm not trying to rip them, but it seems to be a little bit slower adapters to ways to monetize their, their industry. And uh, we think uh, what we're doing is a, is a good way to look into the future to uh, make it – because even if concerts start going back full bore – in the fall, they're still not going to have sellout audiences yet. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be cautious for a long time, you know, going into big crowds. Um, so we, we think, you no, know, this is a good alternative way for uh, music to be exposed. It's sort of the same thing that we've looked at in motorsports. Um, motorsports is actually underserved. You know, I think most of you guys probably remember there was a network called Speed Channel, mm-hmm. which was dedicated to motorsports. And there's really nothing out there. But motorsports hasn't gone away. And motorsports fans still love their Supercross. They love their dirt track car racing and stuff like this. And um, those events are um, looking for a, a location that people can uh, find them and, and have a good viewing experience. And that's what we, we try to offer them is the, the good viewing experience. Getting the rights to a lot of this, it seems to me that that would be an expensive part of, of your business. Is that true? Well, you know, it's funny you should bring that up. <laughs> uh, so we have a pretty interesting company. Um, I, I have a CEO named Kosa Jordanoff, um, who is the founder of this company, who has a heavy engineering background, but also just uh, really knows how to work with finance. And is a lot of his is a mutual decision to get into the combat sports. And this is why we were able to launch with, uh, we did have investors, but, you know, not those hundreds and hundreds of million dollars, which you're used to seeing and hearing about some companies, okay? And what we did, one of the reasons we chose pay-per-view is because the business model is all about sharing the revenue. You make money, we make money, and vice versa. So you're not paying big upfront rights fees for these events. Now, one of the reasons that also worked is because I've personally been in the wrestling industry and motorsports industry for 35 years. We had a gentleman who was consulting with us who had worked in the boxing industry for 40 years. We got another gentleman who worked in the MMA industry for 20 years. So we all know relationships go a long way, and our words are bond to you know get people to take chances. So we're able to bring a lot of events in and did not have to risk all that money up front to put them on there. Um, and and we, we, we position ourselves as non-exclusive. So if you're putting it on cable and you're going to put it on direct TV and Dish Network, well, why don't you put it on a digital platform called Fight also? And we're able to make that work. So the risks were relatively low getting started. And you keep building and building up, then getting the credibility. And then, you know, 
when you're starting to write multi-million dollar checks to partners, the credibility gets stronger pretty quick, you know. And um, we proved that we had a, a model that didn't break down. We also proved that we pay in, um, in an appropriate amount of time so nobody's chasing anybody for money. So a lot of these things are what we built as our cornerstone to add the success of our, our event. But, you know, a lot of it is having a lot of people who have a lot of partnerships and experience to, to grow there. So um, we we have not had to put out large amounts of money. You know, one thing in the subscription industry, you know, you have no choice but making big guarantees to people and then hoping that helps uh, drive your subscribers, okay? Um, and you, you know, you know, the hardest thing is I, I'm working with a promoter right now. Well, how many buys I'm going, am I going to have? And I said, I still don't own that crystal ball that tells me that yet. However, we're now building up more and more events, so we actually have strong prediction models. Again, the prediction machine, again, I'm not the engineer who figured this out, but we essentially take, you know, about 12 different points of data and can do pretty good predictions. And uh, we had a, a pro wrestling event this past weekend from Impact Wrestling, which is a good product out there. And they asked me that morning what our predictions were. I looked at our prediction model, and I said 5,000 buys or something along those lines are going to be it. And we had 5,100, you know. So <laughs> uh, the, the model works, you know. And um, and so it, it's pretty cool um, uh, tool to use to uh, figure out how um, events going to do in the future. Using that model, Mike, uh, do, do you really feel like you've, you've positioned yourself to survive during these times and thrive uh, compared to some of your competitors? Yeah, a lot of it is because, um, again, since we're talking finances here uh, with uh, Bloomberg, is, you know, we're, um, we only have 28 employees, okay, uh, running pretty much a global company. Um, also, uh, the majority of those employees are actually in Bulgaria. There's only seven employees in the United States. So if you know a little bit about Bulgaria there is the cost of living there is dramatically different than the U.S. So uh, using an example, if there's an engineer you'd be paying 100000 to in L.A., um, we, can, we can be very comfortable paying that person about twenty to 25000 a year in, 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 um, in Bulgaria. So it really helps us keep down our business costs. I mean, we, we've talked to other companies that are telling us what their, their monthly burn rate was. And then we told them what ours were, and they said, no, no, that's not right. It can't be. I go, well, some of us, like myself, we took uh, very uh, reasonable wages, uh, but with a piece of the company. And having so many of our employees in Bulgaria where this, the cost of doing business is much lower, um, we were able to survive through some tough times there, especially here last spring. Um, and it's, it's just a very efficient uh, business here the way we run it right now. And, again, I want give the credit not to me but to Kosen Jordan off because he knows how to make it work with the financials. Well, Mike Weber, it's been a real treat catching up with you. Best of luck. Uh, you are certainly at the center of everything that's going on when it comes to how sports are produced and how we consume them. So look forward to keep an eye on where it goes from here. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. I, I'm glad to be on here and uh, make sure everybody download the Fight app, which is spelled F-I-T-E, as Michael mentioned. Thank you so much. I'm glad you could join us. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me at LynchyWCBB. 
And I'm Jason Kelly. Find me on Twitter at Jason Kelly News. We're here with you each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday talking about the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week. We're going to catch up with none other than Gary Bettman. He, of course, is the commissioner of the National Hockey League. That season underway, and like everything else, guys, it's a little bit different. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts.